How's it going, y'all? I hope you're well. My name is Yael Sante, and this is She's Soul. Today's guest is someone I was so blessed to see perform live, and her music instantly spoke to me on a spiritual level. She's a true poet and delivers nothing but the truth and food for your spirit. She's soul. She is Tukultif. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Yael. I'm very happy to be here. Of course. I'm very happy to have you. I'm so excited to dig into your music. But before we do that, I always go into um, my artist's background um, with everyone. So thank you so much for being here again, Tiff. Let's get right into it and start with your musical history. But first, tell me, where are you from? I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, I've been here for um, most of my life. Um, My family's from the east side of North Carolina. So like, very rural, <laughs> uh, Kinston, <laughs> North Carolina, goes rural North Carolina. So Eastern North Carolina is, you know, has a piece of me too, but I spent most of my time learning and growing here in Charlotte. So this is uh, home. That's amazing. Yeah. And when did music uh, make its mark in your life? This is going to be like so like dramatic, but from like conception. Um, my mom tells mm. stories all the time about how, you know, she knew I'd be a, a musician, um, how I'd kick a lot when I was in her stomach, especially when I heard drums. Um, oh, wow. So, and then, you know, pots and pans, banging on everything, beatboxing, mm-hmm. mumble rapping as a child that had no words but wanted to rap, <laughs> you know. So I've been yeah. doing music my whole entire life. Oh, my gosh. Do you have a specific moment where you remember you were like, okay, I actually like love this. I love this music stuff. Mm, yeah, actually, when when I was in high school, getting ready to go to college, mm-hmm. and people started suggesting that I study something other than music, mm. I got I got offended, right? And it really it would make me mad because I'm like, no, I'm going to study music. Like, I re- you know, I really like it. Then mm-hmm. I'm like, hold on, like, no, I love music. This is something I want to do for the rest of my life. And people be like, but there's no money in it, and uh, you should be a lawyer. You should you should be a teacher. You should be, you know, the mm-hmm. things that you should chase um, according to society. And when that stuff started to offend me, that's when I was kind of like, oh no, this is my oh this is real. <laughs> like exactly. this is my love right here. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's something about just knowing. And when other people don't just know what they're meant to do or what they're supposed to do or like feel like they should be doing this life. And that's Mm -hmm. not bad to not know right away. It takes some of us time and others it doesn't. But it's I've had that same experience where when you know and you're so sure and people are like, ah, really? Just because they don't know. And it's like, don't put where you're at on your path on me and where I'm at. So I totally understand what you're saying. Yep, exactly. That I couldn't even put it better myself. Like that's something I encounter a lot um mm-hmm. because I've known for a very long time even before I realized it, you know. I yes. always knew that, you know, this would be my where I would be, you know, doing music. Mm-hmm. Um so a lot of people don't know that and I also had to teach myself that too. Mm-hmm. Like everybody doesn't know what they're going to do for the rest of their life. They don't have a plan. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily spoken into their lives early, you know, so I have to yeah. give them grace as well as, you know, vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And do you have any specific albums or songs that always stick out to you when you think of the music that has impacted you, like anything that your parents listened to, anything like that? Mm. It's so hard for me because I have been a sponge and a student to the greats, mm. like 
my whole life. If you are, if any musician that has been great at what or considered great at what they do, you know, I've soaked up something from them. Mm -hmm. Um, But the biggest thing would be like Michael Jackson, probably. Um, I listened to a lot of Michael Jackson growing up as a kid. I was, I was kind of obsessed as a kid. Like Mm -hmm. I was watching a lot of Mike, but you know, kids (laughs) just kind of gravitate towards things and get a tight grip on them. Um, If I could make a quick list, it would be like Michael Jackson, uh, Kurt Franklin, Ty Tribbett, Mary Mary, Mm. um, Tupac, Nas, Mm. Jay-Z, Eminem. Oh, come on. Yes. Yeah. Like um, just those were the one. Those were the people that really kind of shaped my childhood. I know it's like. Mm The spectrum is kind of wide, but yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. That's, yeah, that's amazing, and it, it makes sense that you uh, list those artists because I hear that within your own music, within your creativity, but also within your lyrical talent, which we're going to get into. Mm-hmm. But that is Thank something you. crazy that you have, Tiff. Like it's very difficult to say things not in a simple way, but mm-hmm. with impact, you know. And mm-hmm. um, you, I feel like you do that very effortlessly. And not only Thank in your you. music, but you're welcome in, in how you speak as well. So that's Thank really you. what uh, have, has always made you stick out to me. And what's your um, earliest memory with music? I remember getting my first drum. I'm a drummer, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. that's my instrument. Um, so, well, I should say instruments because the drum uh, and the percussive world is literally limitless. I could yeah. take my phone and make it a drum. This this teacup, I, mm-hmm. I can make it a drum. Um, but my early, one of my earliest memories is getting my first bongo. My parents yeah. had went on like another honeymoon as a kid mm-hmm. at, or oh, something man. like that. And they came back with this um, handmade um, bongo. Mm-hmm. And it had like a goat bone in it. It was made from goat skin. And it was just gorgeous. Oh, wow. It still had the fur on it. And like mm-hmm. eventually over time, you know, you beat the fur off of it. And yeah, I remember getting that drum. Uh, as a kid and then I remember we had a fireplace that had like a raised like lift on it or whatever and I would stand up there and I would be rapping like just jibber jabber kind of stuff so Uh those are my my earliest memories wow so you've always always since you were a child even in in womb had this gift that is that's um not something that's very you know very common uh, and it's it's very beautiful just also to see. And I love stories like that because I love to hear when a parent sees a seed in their child and it's like, even if it's not a, something that's going to be planted for like a long time or continue to grow crops. I don't know mm-hmm. why I always go back to like plant stuff, but that's the best way I could put it. But yeah. regardless, your parents saw it and they watered it. And yes. that is like one of the best kinds of support. Cause it's like, parents yes. never know if it's going to go from one thing to the next, like music. Okay. Then, then painting or, or like math. And they're just like, <laughs> all right, on to the next. Yeah. good. They saw it. And that, that's amazing. I love to hear stories like that. Yeah. I'm blessed. Everybody doesn't have that. Um, but they stuck with me and even mm-hmm. now, you know, they're still rooting for me and pushing me along. So that's I'm good. grateful. That's amazing. That's awesome. 
And you did so far sounds a tour actually in 2021. That's actually where we met as well. And I got Mm -hmm. to see you perform twice in each time. Another favorite thing about your performances, you've brought God with you and you shared your faith um, with the audience. And I know that this can be a tough thing to do with the kind of judgment that comes with the world. I know it's something Mm -hmm. that is honestly hard for me to do. So how do you remain so confident? Because you walk up there like, hey, this performance is not for me, but it's for God. How do you do that? Oh, man, that is a that's an interesting question, because um, <clears throat> I have not always done that. I don't mm. know how dig. I don't know, like how much you dug back <laughs> um, into my archives. But the way I make music and what I make music about and for has not always been mm-hmm. um, as such. So yeah. um, at some point. I needed God to do what God can do because yes. I'm limited. You know, Tiff is limited to time mm-hmm. and, you know, the things that I encounter and the things that I know. But God isn't limited. And I realized how much I was limiting myself because I was limiting God. And mm-hmm. so I was like, all right, he gave me this gift. The least I can do is give it back mm-hmm. and see what he does. So, um I've always been pretty confident just because of, you know, I I grew up in a marching band, which is like a paramilitary organization that helps you kind of develop your confidence. Um, I've always been placed in leadership positions. So, you know, developing that character as a leader kind of gives you um, a sense of fearlessness in certain instances because you have to be in your leading. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that I know what God has given me and I know what he's told he's told me to do with it and I know that giving it back to him only means good for me mm-hmm. um and I know that if I touch one person and honestly that's kind of how it started this is a long-winded answer no, um, I love that. I'm just kind of like rambling around all of the different pieces that yeah, that do. put that confidence together mm-hmm. but I know it started if like if I can just touch one person then that's why I was there. If I can, you know, like if I could touch somebody's heart or make them think about something or, you know, change their mind about a uh, um, uh, issue or something like maybe that's, that's kind of where I draw my confidence from instead of worrying about what everybody else thinks, mm-hmm. what everybody feels and what everybody's viewpoints are. Um, I know that I'm coming with positivity mm-hmm. and love and so I'm just going to do what what I do yeah. unapologetically. I love that. It's very much focusing on doing you and what makes you feel good and what makes you feel you're doing right. Um, yeah. And that, that's what's most important because at the end of the day, nobody is ever going to be fully satisfied or fully happy about something. It's like, it's impossible. So mm-hmm. you have to worry about yourself because you come into, you may have your family, friends, this, and, you know, strangers, all that, but you come into this world alone. And you also leave alone. So yes. you got to be the one that's satisfied. So exactly. Well, that's good. That's really good for you, Tiff. You've blessed the world with five incredible albums, most of which are testaments to faith and human struggles or struggles of the flesh, if you will. Even your merchandise says this faith walk ain't no cakewalk. And that is such an accurate description of what your art teaches. So we're going to focus on two specific albums and some songs within them. The first one being Time, Space, and Things That Don't Matter, which was a part one and a part two. 
So the part, part one was released in 2019 and part two was released in 2020. And when you released part one, you said on Instagram that this album will make you change your perspective. When I first heard your music, the word complex came to mind. A lot of lyrics can go over the listeners' heads if they just listen, but not actively pay attention. Personally, I love this element in your music, but I want to know, do you ever find it hard to be in this type of creative realm while the majority of society gives a lot of praise to music that isn't? Yes. Um, it's, it's difficult, you know, like... I'm from the city of the baby, you know, mm-hmm. so like, and if our music um, choices and ideas are just completely different, but yeah. that is more popular. So, um, you know, I purposely try to do things musically and vocally to draw the listener into my voice and to, mm-hmm. to kind of want to hear what I'm saying. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, if they listen, they listen. And those are the listeners that I want. And yeah. and I kind of, I've faded away from from uh, caring as much as I used to, which yeah. is uh, evident because of what I talk about. I know it's not the popular thing to talk about. I know it's not, um, it's not always fun, you know, mm-hmm. to talk about some of the or stuff easy. that I do. Or easy. Yeah, yeah, it does pull a lot out of you sometimes, but, you know, it's a part of it, and mm-hmm. I, I lean on the, the the fact that whatever God has for me is mine, and there's mm-hmm. nothing that anything, no societal norm, no um, social acceptable thing could do to take that away from me, so I just kind of stay focused and keep pushing. Yeah. And that's good. That's what matters. Like we were talking about earlier, as long as it works for you, it makes you feel good and feels right Mm -hmm. in your heart and spirit. That's absolutely what matters. And you're right about that. um, Artists, not artists, but listeners will gravitate towards you. Like the ones that are meant for you. And that could even be people who don't listen to the type of music you make now. And Mm -hmm. it changes later. But regardless the right people will come along with it. Exactly. And I think that's the most important part because you're staying true to yourself and staying honest. And that's the best way to do things. Yeah. So I we're going to talk about Starfruit on this. This is track 10 of uh, part one. And Starfruit is probably my favorite song of, of, of all of your music. And I really, really, really want to spend the most time on this track within this album. It is okay. pure storytelling, Tiff. Like, <laughs> telling us your experience with surrender, your conversation with God, and the metamorphosis of pre-surrender to becoming God's soldier. Mm-hmm. And that's really opening your heart for listeners to see by sharing that. So what encouraged you to do so? Because it that's something you didn't have to do, but you chose to, and you did it so well. So what encouraged you to do so? Oh, man. Um, I am very open and honest in my music. It's just, it's where I pull from. Um, Even when I'm pulling from, even when I'm pulling from outside experiences and observations and stuff, it's going to be as authentic and honest and real as I can make it. Um, I don't really know where that honesty came from. It probably from like my background in music. All of the people that I listened to were very transparent. And I feel like telling my story 
um, it's going because somebody's going to be able to relate to it. Maybe not many, but somebody's going to be able to mm-hmm. relate. So I continue that openness there. But like that was a very interesting time when I wrote Starfruit because I was writing it over the course of maybe maybe like six months. Mm. Um, interesting fact about this: I never wrote a word of that song down on paper or like in my phone. I wrote that one straight from out of my mind, straight out from out of my heart, never wrote it down on paper. Um, And that is probably one of three songs I could probably say that about. I can't even think of the other three. Honestly, it was probably pre star fruit, but I never wrote it down. I would go, um, on these long binges of being up really late, mm-hmm. writing it and just like reciting it and repeating it and then adding on to it and then adding on to it and then I leave it alone. And then I come back and then it'll pop up in my spirit again and I'll just be like writing it. I never I never wrote that one down. So that one's straight in my in my heart. Oh my gosh. So real quick then, when you recorded it, did you record it all at once or in different pieces? Um let me see. I've actually recorded Starfruit a couple of different times because mm-hmm. it took me a while to find a beat to mm. really make it happen. And I was when I started writing it, I was working with some other producers, um, and I, it, like I said, it was never like a song mm-hmm. that whole span of time um, until like 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, okay, now I want to start working on it. So I hit up the guys that I normally work with, and we went through a couple of. I probably went through about four or five beats with with that one um, guy, and then like eventually, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it myself. Let's see what I can do. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Dude. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Especially like the listeners, obviously they can't see it, but the facial expression you just made with the, I'm going to try it myself. Let's just see. is so you. Oh, that's amazing. And we're going to go back to the lyrics really quick because you really allow your listeners to visualize the song. I love that. My personal favorite lyric is God lifted me up. Let me pluck stars like fruit. It was it was a gift for my surrender, plus my heart was new. I binged on one. It singed my tongue. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Oh, my gosh. How did you find a way to achieve this so well in your lyrics? Not only like in this song, but you do it in others. So how do you do that, Tiff? That's a very complex question. Um I've been writing for a very long time, uh, and I started as a poet. I feel like most singers and songwriters and yes. rappers start as poets. Um, so that makes sense. I, I was a, a poet, and I was actually decent. I was in like who's who in like elementary school mm-hmm. for writing this poem, and I'm going to recite it real quick to give you please an, an idea. I was like, um. It was called Kinfolk, and it was like I can't even think of it. But it was about it was about it was about like feeling out of place, mm-hmm. um, and 
noticing that you don't blend in in a crowd. And I I wish I could, if I can think of it, I'll come back and and say it. But Mm -hmm. it was thinking, looking back, it's like, wow, that's pretty complex. But I don't know. (laughs) It's because I was born to do it, first of all. And then I also allow God to come in and be a part of my writing process. So there's certain things that I can do naturally just because that's the gift that God gave me. Mm -hmm. And and there's the people that I studied and the time that I've spent practicing. Um, And then there's that also that element of the stuff that I can't do that I just allow God to kind of fill in. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I know the importance of imagery and um, how that, impacted me as a listener mm-hmm. so I try to include that so that other people can have that experience too we're gonna go to production now of this song it, it's very minimal and I think it's perfect in order to make your testimony stick out and you mention um production in the song when in the intro you ask who is on drums and on your Instagram I saw a picture of you with some drumsticks and earlier you mentioned drums being your instrument so one of your instruments. Did you play drums on this chart? I didn't play live drums. I wish. Okay. I literally just got my, I haven't had a drum set in my possession in a long time. And mm-hmm. I got one for my birthday last oh. year. Uh, um, it's an electronic drum set. So some yeah. of the stuff that will come up, hopefully will have me playing live on it. But I did yeah. program the drums. I produced the whole beat. But oh. that moment oh. was um, uh, kind of like a, a recall to a Kendrick Lamar song on, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was on Untitled Unmastered, where he's mm-hmm. like, who playing the drums? Like, put that ah. man on the drums. And it was just like a, a me just kind of referencing Kendrick in that, in that moment and just actually being the drummer, though, in that case. That is so dope. And I know you like Kendrick, too, because at both of the So Far Sounds uh, shows that I've seen for you, you mention him each time and... Mm-hmm. Um, I can really tell that you're inspired by Kendrick and I think Kendrick is definitely going to go down as one of the greatest, oh, um, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. And so what was your approach for production for not only Starfruit but the whole album? Because you produce the majority of it, if not all, is that correct? Every single song. Ah, uh, so all of it. Yep. Yeah. Except one track, actually, now that I think okay. of it, a friend of mine, we kind of, Tag teamed it a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, for the most part, I did everything. Um, start uh, time, space, and things that don't matter was my first shot at producing my own music. Mm-hmm. Um, I had only co-produced and like had um, more of a suggestive uh, role in production previous mm-hmm. to that, and but when I started time, space, and things that don't matter. Um, this was literally my first go at it. So I didn't really have an approach um, or like a premeditated plan for what wow. I was going to do. I was It was very experimental, um, mm-hmm. very learn as I go. Um, but I did want to sound like me. Yes. You know, like, so I did. I went... F- 
the time I was while while I was writing, I went several large chunks of time of not listening to music at all mm. because I didn't want to be influenced by mm-hmm. other produ- producers. And because that's how I am, like I said, I'm a sponge, mm-hmm. uh, a major student uh, of the art. So I didn't. I know that I'm just gonna soak something up naturally without even kind of thinking about it. So I went some time without listening to any music. Um, um, Chunks at a time when I know, okay, I'm, I'm about to be creating or I'm in a creative space. I just wouldn't listen to make sure that I wasn't influenced by anything, which mm-hmm. is why it kind of, some of it, I, sometimes I describe it as weird. Weird is um, good. Some people, yeah, some people don't necessarily see it as weird. It's just kind of unique and, and very me. Um, mm-hmm. But if if I had to tell somebody what the approach was, it would just be like authenticity Mm. Like just making sure that I sound like me and nobody else. Oh, that's good. And that you absolutely achieved that. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I, I noticed that when I was listening to all of your music, it is very you and the production style is so different yet it's fitting. And I think that's what, you know, makes it click and just ties it all together is that it's well balanced. So uh, props to you on that. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. In 2019, you released part one, which you said took two years to make, but 28 years to live. What a statement, first of all. It's common for artists to move on to, you know, to the next project in this industry that pushes for quantity over quality. But you came back in 2020 with quantity and quality. <laughs> part two is 11 tracks. Why mm. make it a part two instead of a whole different like album? I feel like I just had so much to say mm. um, in in a sense that this is a new world for me. And I was also experimenting. I don't want to say, well, yeah, I'll say it. I was experimenting because um, this was new territory for me. I was not used to being this honest. I had a lot of capping going on before talking about stuff I wasn't even really deeply involved in just trying to get some views just trying to get some clicks but this was me like really exploring my creativity exploring my voice exploring my production exploring my pen like Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I've always been a sharp shooter in a sense of lyricism um but this territory opened up my eyes to like even more, you know, like, and so I was just testing the waters a a lot, but when you write an album that is based off the limitless of God, limitlessness of God, Mm. it's just like, you can't just put that in one album. Mm. You can't just put that in one song Mm -hmm. because he's limitless. So I just wanted to explore the, the journey as well, because I didn't just talk about God, you know, like I talked mm-hmm. about the struggles that I went through of yeah. accepting this new lifestyle and of mm-hmm. accepting this new g- genre, I guess, um, mm-hmm. that I was, you know, entering into. And, I t- you know, I talk about a lot of things, but it also mm-hmm. shows how limitless God is, because if he can take me and change my perspective, then Certainly he can do that for other people. So, you know, part one and part two is just, you know, is the beginning. It's mm-hmm. like a it's a book. Yeah, absolutely. And with this answer, I now understand why you said on Instagram part two was a sigh of relief 
and a resolution core to an internal discord. It makes mm-hmm. sense now. Cause it's kind of like, okay, I got it all out. This is where we are now. Let's keep turning the pages. That's okay. It makes sense. That's beautiful. Yeah, you you nailed it. That's exactly right. So part one was really heavy. Yeah. Um, if you listen to part one, it's got more of the the deeper subject um, matters on it. So when I finally got that out, that was the, that's the tension, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm really pushing out some emotions, some, some perspective, some, uh, some vulnerability. Yeah. And yeah. so once I dropped that, you know, you listen to part two and part two has me reaching for some bops, you know, trying to figure mm-hmm. out what that sounds like, what the, what the grooves and, you know, mm-hmm. rhythms really feel like when I'm comfortable and I don't have to like pour my soul onto it. So, you know, figuring that out, I could kind of just breathe a little bit more because I knew that once I drop time, space and things that don't matter, part one and part two, mm-hmm. I was expecting to like lose friends and lose consistent listeners because I had built a decent listening base Mm -hmm. and I was like this is so left from what people are used to hearing Mm -hmm. me talk about Mm -hmm. I was just like anticipating losing listeners anticipating losing friends and stuff like that so it was like a rebirth shocking yeah yeah it can absolutely be shocking so the next album we're gonna go to is dark matter you also released this in 2020 I don't know how you wrote so much music and released it all in 2020 oh my gosh because This album, God, this album, Dark Matter, is a pure dedication to Blackness, both its beauty and pain, culture, and history. And when you announced the release of this album on Instagram, you said, the blues of Black bodies has been singing in my spirit. Sounds like jazz, feels like funk. The darker complexion has always faced deeper complexity in stolen land. I'm going to repeat that last line. (laughs) The darker complexion has always faced deeper complexity in stolen land. Come on, Tiff. I want to know more (laughs) about this. And uh, this seems like a very spiritual experience within this particular album uh, while you were writing it. So I feel like this had to have been heavy music to bear. So how did you feel and, and how did you go about putting this into music? Man, Dark Matter was not planned. A friend of mine works Mm. uh, for the Charlotte Mecklenburg Library, and she was commissioned to document the times, you know, because that's what we do as artists. We we tell history. Yeah. Um, And we we have a responsibility to tell it truthfully and honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, And this young lady, her name is Sabrina Robinson. She's a visual artist, painter, animator, uh, photographer, videographer. Just a a complete beast, excuse me. Wow. Um, So she hit me up and she was like, I'm doing this film for the library. Would you score it? And I'm like, girl, I ain't never scored a film a day. I'm like, what you talking about, score a film? You mm-hmm. called the right person, you know? And she mm-hmm. was like, Tiff, you know I love your music. You're more than capable. Um, mm. And we're talking about 2020, you know? like Yeah, it's so our time already. Yes, like there's, um, I was going to say riots, but we didn't have any riots, but we had lots of protests going on yes. uh, in our city the pandemic is just smacking us left and right. And Mm -hmm. 
between everything that we were dealing with, we it was a roller coaster. Yes, and the 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 most affected people were the people of color. Absolutely, people, um, poor people. You mm-hmm. know, so I was like, okay, this is a heavy responsibility, and I was also taking a lot of the social injustice that was going on mm-hmm. with the murdering of unarmed black men. Yes. I was taking that really hard then. I was mm-hmm. crying often just seeing the images. I was pissed off that I had seen some of the stuff that I saw. Yes. And I, it was just weighing heavy. So I was like, you know what? We'll, let's see what we can do. It's very and traumatic to see those things. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. And so I had to do it justice. I had to bring the honesty. So I reached back to where a time where it was very similar. Mm-hmm. Um. And it took me back to the funk era when mm. they were just like James Brown, say it loud. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking on proud, you know. Mm-hmm. And many, many other artists were really just like documenting the the black yeah. experience. So I pulled from my ancestors in that respect. Absolutely, and I see that, not see that, but I hear that on this album. So we're gonna start with Black Don't Crack. This is the last track on the album. A yep. very strong finish. Thank you. And this track is for Black women and girls. And the hook says, Black Girl Smile. And the song also, you know, references 2020 and, and, and depression. What headspace were you in when you wrote this song? This song has such a strength to it, as well as a lovingness. Mm. Um, I was probably... I remember being borderline depressed myself Mm. um and needing to lift myself up out of that space um but knowing that if i'm in this situation and i'm feeling this way there's another woman another black woman another black girl feeling the exact same thing Mm -hmm. um and so i wanted to write something that you reminded them to smile even though they're going through you know dark times But from another black woman, because as black women, like I have a very straight face, like my normal face is not a smiling face. And sometimes it can be um, viewed as, uh, you know, the angry black woman Mm -hmm. or just like what you mad about all the time. Mm -hmm. Just like my the, the muscles in my face don't flex like that. You know, like it hurts. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes I have been, it's, it is, it can be offensive for somebody to just come up to a black woman and be like, why are you all frowned up and you need to smile? Of you course. Know, like, um, but we carry so much on our shoulders. Absolutely. Between carrying our families, between, you know, mm-hmm. going to school, you know, black women are the most educated human mm-hmm. beings on the planet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, we carry the internal depression that we inherited from our ancestors. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. we just, it's so much weight on us. Sometimes we just kind of sink into ourselves and forget to just smile because our mm-hmm. smile can be infectious to our day. It can be infectious mm-hmm. to someone else's day. Uh, so I just wanted to, to lift the head and straighten the crown of my fellow sisters and mm-hmm. send some, send some positive vibes. Mm-hmm. Especially in the society that uh, makes black women grow up, even black men, so quickly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, seeing seeing them as grown instead of as children when they're children. And mm. 
It's, That's oh, an excellent point. Yeah. It's such a shame. So I, I want to talk about a specific line in, in this song. And it says, black don't crack unless it's a problem. This line to me has two meanings. Mm-hmm. One being come correct or get corrected. And the other Period. being an acknowledgement of the strength of black people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it could be both. So I wanted you to, to um, describe this one to me, this particular line. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, one of my favorite things is saying things in these in the way that I say them and and leaving room for the listener to have their own interpretation mm-hmm. of it. And you know, like I, of course I have my own and if I if somebody asks, then I always share, but uh, I've learned that your perspective as a listener is also part of the art. Um yeah. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um Black don't crack unless it's a problem is a, a couple of things, right? So mm-hmm. we all know the saying black don't crack as far as, you know, skin and age mm-hmm. and stuff like that, unless it's a problem. So mm-hmm. um, saying unless it's a problem in the first place was, you know, like we don't crack under pressure. Um, as far as like getting out of character, unless you try us, unless mm-hmm. you pu- push us to that point. Yeah. I mean, think about how peaceful every revolution has been so far um, in, in, in a lot of aspects. Um, but there's also like black don't crack unless it's a problem. Unless like this was also a mention of the crack acad- epidemic and oh. how um, crack cocaine was introduced to the black community. Yep. And you know, it literally changed how we ate. Like, mm-hmm. if you've seen anybody on crack before, you know, they could be 23, you know, and this is, you know, yeah. respectfully, because mm-hmm. I do understand that it is a a, a disease. It's it a, is. An addiction is a, a, a issue that needs to be taken care of better. Um, but, like, especially with how it was introduced to our people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was owed to the, you know, mentioning the crack epidemic and mm-hmm. also just you know, saying that we are strong enough to maintain our youth yeah. <laughs> in the face. And, and that's even in the face of our great trials, even in the face of mm-hmm. um, constant ridicule and um, struggle. Um, yeah. We still don't crack. I know that's right. Come on. <laughs> uh, now we're going to move into another track, one called Fruit. This is another mm. dedication track. Um, this one is short and sweet, and it's to your ancestors. So what mm-hmm. did it feel like to pay this type of respect? Was this a hard track to write, or, or did it come quickly? Um, no, nah, was, this, one, this one came very quickly. Mm. Um, and it was, I mean, it's natural yeah. um, to kind of like just talk about where we come from. Because I feel like we need a reminder a lot more than we think we do mm-hmm. of who we are and where we come from. Like our ancestors were bad to the bone because mm. they got us to where we are now. And mm-hmm. that same blood, that same DNA runs in our bodies. And what I mean, that makes us more than capable of enduring sometimes the impossible, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it kind of helps us to, you know, rejuvenate our, ourselves when we get weary mm-hmm. um so it, this is probably one of my favorite because it's like one of the more artistic looks at how i view music 
Somebody mm-hmm. else would probably consider it spoken word. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's 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 still music because it still flows yeah. on top of the melodic lines, on top of the rhythms, and um, um, fruit. I once kind of mashed up with star fruit. Oh, o- over um, strange fruit. Okay. So I, uh, I was, it was like a Black History Month uh-huh. event or something like that. So I took Star Fruit and put it on top of the song Strange Fruit by um, Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday. Goodness gracious. Yes. So Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit mixed with my Star Fruit and like the poetic nature of fruit was like a, in my head. Just like a mashup masterpiece, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So fruit's one of my favorite tracks from that album. Ah, I love that one. Thank I you. think uh, my favorite. I can't decide between two, so we're going to talk about both. <laughs> okay. Um, for this particular album, we're going to go to city now. You know, I love this track. Mm-hmm. Um, this track is anger and and it's pain. And at one point, mm-hmm. you say, and I think this is such a heavy thing to say, ain't in the mood to be black. <laughs> which is quite a contrast to one of the catchiest lines in the song, which mm-hmm. is it's lit to be black. Mm-hmm. Can you explain this contrast? It almost feels as if it's meant to call out how much black culture is loved, but not black people. The theme of dark matter, the art of brokenness is contrast mm-hmm. and dichotomy. I looked at how, you you know how I talked about, I looked at how, artists in the past lifted up their people. And mm-hmm. I, I talk about this in my shows about how we can kind of laugh at our pain. We dance and we create music from it and our pain yeah. always becomes artistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so contrast was something, if you really listen, you'll hear a lot of in this song, but mm-hmm. this particular one is just like, you know, like, it's a good thing. I'm mm-hmm. not in the mood to really tap into what I, what I'm because po- it could kill me. It could have me murdered. It could have me, yes. you know, like in, in situations I don't have to be. But um, in a sense, it's still lit to be black because people love our okay. blackness. Yeah, people want to indulge in our culture mm-hmm. um but they don't want to defend the people that create it and they don't want right. to appreciate the people that create it or you know even compensate you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying i'm referring to reparations which i never do but like i've been thinking about it lately and it's like it makes sense everybody else got reparations and mm-hmm. they got you know the things but um the song ain't about reparations it's just about living in a world where um, it's hard to be black, mm-hmm. but I love it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I wanted to talk, I was going to mention that too, but because I wasn't certain, I wanted to wait for you to talk about it because as I was listening to it, I was like, as much as there's a big contrast in different areas of the song and just the album in general, I also mm-hmm. still feel like she's saying like, even with the pain and the anger and the hurt and the history, like I'm proud to be who I am. I love who I am. And I really I feel that in this track, but I wasn't certain. So I was like, I'm going to ask her how she feels about it first. Yeah, no, seriously. I I love waking up black every single day. Like yeah. it, it's, it's part of, I don't know, like I guess the struggles that have been through 
the diaspora have kind of shaped who we are. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't want it any other way. Like, yes, I am very proud. And I feel like everybody should respect that, too. I feel like yeah. black, being black and proud isn't respected um, in some instances. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of... Which is why there's the phrase in. in the first place. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we, we we bring it in, and we don't want to offend anybody with our blackness. We don't we, which is understandable because we've been murdered for it. You know, mm-hmm. like so so many different things. And I just kind of wanted to be like, okay, no, let's be proud. Let's let's lift ourselves up. Let's continue um, to to grow and push ourselves forward like our ancestors did, so that somebody can look back or look at what we did. Some of our you know, the people that come after us can look and say, hey, it's so, it is great to be black. It's, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you're speaking, Tiff. So we're going to go to another one in this album. This is the last one we're going to talk about. Okay. Um, and I kind of wish I mentioned it before, City, but I didn't because it's later in the album. It's track number six, um, okay. Candles and Balloons. Oh, oh God. Yes. This one had me <laughs> shook. <laughs> and like shook enough to know, like it's not even in our, our talking points right now because I was mm-hmm. like, what is the best way for me to approach this? Because all I can say is that I've never, never so geniusly seen someone lyrically and in art call out the ignorance that um, is often seen. I don't want to say all, but in many, <laughs> in in many white women, when they use their whiteness as a weapon, mm-hmm. and the way you put it together, oh Tiff, <laughs> I'm I was I, I'm at a loss for words. I, I I guess my only question is is like when you wrote this, where was your head and in mm. mindset and also where was it when you were recording it? Because mm. I feel like this is the song where I feel the most like mm, behind mm. the mic. So just tell me. So we, again, you know, just as a reminder where we're scoring the film, right? So mm-hmm. we're talking about um, 2020 and what 2020 looks like, what yeah. it feels like um, from the protest to the pandemic to uh, social injustice and the, uh, the, the, the thing we didn't know was coming, which was the, the depression of being locked in our rooms and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the anxiety that's built. So it's about all of those things. But it's like, can I talk about 2020 without talking about Karen? Like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. Like, we have to, I had to address the Karen thing because it was such a major issue. Mm-hmm. And it still is and it always Absolutely. has been. It's just like, now we got cameras or whatever, mm-hmm. like we like we've been saying. So that's um, one of my biggest pet peeves um, is bullying. I hate that with a passion. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to, I wanted to pay a little bit of attention to that. Not too much though, because that's also the problem is they get too much attention in situations like that. Um, but. I didn't want to be 
take on that character, you know what I mean? So I just kind of mm-hmm. want to describe what it was like, but I wanted to d- highlight the ridiculousness of it. Mm-hmm. You know how much how much it doesn't make sense. And I and I mm-hmm. and I'm in the lyrics if I'm not mistaken, I mentioned a specific one which was the one where there was a couple or like a family barbecuing. Yes. Um mm-hmm. I'm going to see if I can pull up the lyrics really quickly in my notes here um but there was like a a, there was like a family um i know exactly what you're talking about yeah there was a family that was like at some public park and they decided they wanted to grill Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a Karen came with her phone and she called the police on them and it's just like mm-hmm. that is so ridiculous and I kind of wanted to highlight that let me look mm-hmm. through these lyrics real quick and again you did um, it so well thank you I appreciate it well I start off by saying just in, justice and peace should be simple but what do I know you know like mm-hmm. that that's kind of the base of the song it's like justice and peace should be simple we should be able to lock people up when they do wrong mm-hmm. and we should be able to mind our business and enjoy our peace when we're not doing anything at all how simple yeah. is that simple um, the simplest <laughs> your fit is popping we see you yeah you got nice clothes but all they see is black <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> she calling five oh just because just because you black you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. you could be well put together you could be um articulate and you know educated and mm-hmm. all they see is black mm-hmm. um that's why so she's calling she calling the police and she's by herself though so she's obviously lonely there you know like mm-hmm. the thing is something people's actions uh however toxic or not always stem from something. Right. And so in this case, I wanted to highlight loneliness in this situation with the barbecue, because when we barbecue as African-Americans, like when we have a cookout, oh, it's it's a party. Like Everybody's out there. There's music. Our family's there. There's joy. Food is good. Food is good. And this lady was alone and she Mm -hmm. was by herself. And I feel like that came her calling the police stemmed from a place of jealousy and loneliness um so i wanted to highlight that um that's why i say she's all alone she saw your joy she want to bother you she had your cookout trying her best to get you barbecued mm-hmm. um y'all just chilling out here grilling searching for solitude she trying to get you sal- solitary for your attitude mm-hmm. and it's just like it's just like it's just a uh, Picture I just tried to paint as vividly as I can from a specific um, Karen situation mm-hmm. that I, I knew of. Mm-hmm. Um, but Candles and Balloons also talks about um, not long before this happened, there was a shooting here in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was on like Juneteenth where a lot of people uh, lost their lives on a block that mm. I spend some time on not you know my whole life or anything like that and ain't grow up there but I got friends that stay over there and there's a drum shop that I go to often that's over there um and there were children out there you know and people lost their lives so that's what candles and balloons where the bodies land mm-hmm, um, yeah. kind of comes from is because that's that's just kind of what happens but when you hear mm-hmm. the term candles and balloons the Enjoy. contrast and dichotomy there is you think birthday. 
Mm-hmm. You think, you know, like celebration, yeah. Celebration, but you know, I kind of that's another where area where I really wanted to highlight the contrast of the two. Mm-hmm. Um and you did yeah. that so well. Thank so well you so just much. within that entire project. And Thank you. So we're actually, we're towards the end here now. So I just Mm want to know, what can we expect to see from you next? And what is your social media handle? Um, Social media handle, Too Cool Tiff on everything. That's at T-U-K-O-O-L-T-I-F-F, too like Tupac and cool with a K, as I always say. Mm -hmm. Um, Next. I always get a little iffy about what's next um, because I'm such a like, uh, like not... I'm not private, but like I love the element of surprise and okay. mystery. Um, but I have some things coming very soon, is what I can Good. say. <laughs> okay, awesome. And so, lastly, I'd like to end the show with four recurring questions that all guests get asked. The first one mm-hmm. being, "What's one thing that people don't know about you that would be unexpected?" The people who are close to me know this, but um, I was the first woman to be drum major for the Red Sea of Sound at my college. Oh, my Um, gosh. Yeah. Come on, Um, Monumental. Come on, History. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying, you know. Uh, It's just something I was passionate about, you know. Um, I love to cook. Uh Uh-huh. And I went to the University of YouTube and Food Network to get my culinary degree. <laughs> hey, um, counts. I'm sure you could go good. <laughs> I, I learned a lot watching good. YouTube and stuff. Um, oh, yeah. YouTube's very uh, helpful, for sure. Awesome. I mean, that's about it. Like, I'm a drummer drummer. I know mm-hmm. I talk about being a drummer and people know that I play drums, but most people haven't really seen it or mm-hmm. experienced it before. But, like, I'm a drummer. I've been playing all my life. I started playing as the lead percussionist in church at seven years old. And that's the instrument that I studied in college. So Mm -hmm. I know how to play marimba, vibes, chimes, timpani, triangle, all of it. Like, I'm a drummer, drummer. I love that. I'm a drummer, drummer. Now that's going to be the the back of your merch. That'll be on the back of the shirt. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm a drummer, drummer. (laughs) I love that. That's a good idea. Yeah. And if you were reincarnated, who in music would you come back as? Past or present, alive or dead? <sighs> okay, so I have a question about this question. Yeah, what's up? Is it, oh, you no, know, it says or, never mind. Because I was going to answer it. OD, complicated, mm-hmm. past, present, alive, and dead. So uh. I'm going to just chill. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm probably somebody like, not total opposite of me, but like, kind of like, the I wish I was kind of thing, like mm-hmm. Whitney Houston, mm. you know, like, oh, goodness gracious. Her um, voice. Her voice, man. Um, I could cha- hopefully I could change some things about my life mm-hmm. as Whitney Houston. <laughs> right. um, but like, that was like the first one that came to mind or maybe like a jazz, uh, John Coltrane or you know, uh, Miles Davis or something. I don't know. Yeah. Somebody prolific in the jazz world that's bomb amazing all right <laughs> in question number three when you retire from music what will you do if there ever becomes a point if uh, you retire if not yeah fine. i'm glad you said that because i want to do music for the rest of my life that's like, what i'm talking about 
because it's so easy and it's something that I love to do. I might not always have the wit or uh-huh. the chops. Like, you know, my music will evolve, but I yeah. want my listener to grow with me. I always wonder, like, yeah. when people stop making music that was the staple of an era, what do the listeners do? Like, who do they start listening to, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, right. just because you're old, the people who are listening to you, they're getting old too. So mm-hmm. y'all should grow together. So I want to grow with my audience and always have something yeah. for them to listen to until I can't do it no more. Like, mm-hmm. um, but as I get older, I don't want to have to work as hard or whatever. So uh, I would definitely make investments in in other yeah. artists and bringing up other artists and trying to fill in the gaps where I needed gaps to be filled. Yeah. Like, like right now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I, I mentally take note of where I am and make sure that when I reach back, I pull somebody up. So in investing in them, but also like, I want my own production company. Uh, I want to own a couple of restaurants and um, yeah. Perfect. That kind of stuff. And last question. What kind of legacy do you want uh, your career to leave behind? I want my legacy to point to Christ, um, point to point to God, because that's how I got here. And that's how I became me. You know, like whatever me is in the future, I got there because of Christ, because of God. And I just kind of want my legacy to be that because I know that God has good intentions for me and mm-hmm. my legacy and the mm-hmm. people around my legacy and my legacy's legacy. And mm-hmm. so I just, if I, if I keep that focus there, then there, it can't go wrong. Um, Amen. And, and creative limitlessness. Yeah. Yes. Ah, and I feel like you're really on the path to that for sure. Thank you. I sure of hope course. so. Well, Tiff, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing so much of your story, experience, um, and, and faith. I greatly appreciate you sharing this time with me. Thank you for listening to She's Soul. Until next time, much love.